You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. I said, hey, hey, welcome to the Man Cave Happy Hour. I said, hey, hey, welcome to the Man Cave Happy Hour. We're going to drink a fine whiskey and smoke a really fine cigar. All right, it is time for Happy Hour, the Man Cave, Happy Hour, Whiskey, Cigar, Spirits, the stories, the stories that go along with it. I'm Jamie Flanagan. Hey, I'm Matt Fox. Welcome back. <laughs> and uh, it's Tuesday, which means it's a Tasting Tuesday with Joe Lewis Bourbon. Michael, thank you for, uh, I love your background, Michael. Hey. I got the, you you got like the, that? You got the Detroit love going on, the oh, fist. And, there we go. Uh, that's it. Yeah, Detroit loves Joe Lewis. I, I love that. I love, love, love it. And uh, I think uh, we're loving Joe Lewis. We're going to be talking to uh, JoJo's. JoJo's coming by, right? Joe Lewis Barrow Jr. The JoJo's coming in. Uh- but uh, he'll be joining us in a few. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. So hopefully he'll he'll pop in because there's two people I wanted to get in a room together, uh, and that was uh, some of Joe Lewis's family and uh, the author of Detroit City of Champions, uh, Charles Charles Avison. Uh, he, we got him muted still, Michael. There we go. So yeah, so Charles is with us. Uh, wrote the book uh, Detroit City of Champions, which just chronicles the amazing year, uh, the foundation of 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 what makes sports cities sports cities and Detroit being one of those very very absolute first sports cities. Uh, and it all happened back uh, 1934, 1935 was the year of these 33 championships. Charles, uh, hey man, you got to unmute yourself and uh, welcome to the party, pal. I think we got a. Okay. Can, cool. Hey, there you are. Some of this technology. That's all right, man. All done. <laughs> got it. So uh, now, now just... Charles, the, the the Jamie said it. What is the title of the book that you wrote? Uh, I got three books, um, right. and they're, they all go by the same title: Detroit City of Champions. I call it the Detroit City of Champions trilogy. Excellent. Thank you. I just want to make sure that we that we get that out because you know folks can find this these books, this series of books, this trilogy of books, you know, out in market as well. And I just want to make sure that everyone hears that right from the get go. Right. I I always, I forget to mention it myself. Sometimes I get so caught up telling stories. I forget to like, actually, (laughs) I actually have something to sell regarding it. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, Yeah, it's the website. But but, but you're joining us. Yeah. Go ahead, Jamie. The website is uh, DetroitCityOfChampions.com, And uh, that's going to link you to all the, uh, all the sellers and ways to get your hands on the books. Excellent. So, uh, exactly. so, so, uh, Joe Lewis. We have shirts and we have, we have shirts and hats and, and stickers and merchandise. And stuff Ooh, too, gear, so. gear. We like gear. Yeah, maybe Joe. I should have worn one for this for the show. I guess. Where my gear? Joe Lewis. Like I, said, I forget just, to I forget to pitch that a lot of times. So I might as well say that from the beginning too. Heck yeah! I think you're going to have a big market for your hats because everybody needs them to cover up their hair. That's too oh, long. I know. I'm about to get I'm starting to get there too, man. I'm gonna need a haircut here soon. Wear it like this. This is crazy. Did anybody see where I parked my DeLorean? What is it? You know. There you go. Oh. There somewhere. Yes, definitely hat season for sure. Uh, but uh so 
Charles, um, you've you've met the you've talked to the family. Have you talked to Joe's family uh, at length ever if, in, when doing your research on, on the book and in the parts about Joe Lewis? Um, have you had access to the family? Uh, uh, not not for the research. Um, I, I've met just a you know uh, f- you know family just kind of indirectly, like at say, like different art shows and stuff like this. I'm not sure if I don't I'm not, I don't think I've met JoJo though. I, you know, like it's. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I don't think I've met him, but I've met, I've met pretty much, I've met family members from, um, like, cause I released the first book in 2009 yeah, and then I just became a magnet for like, for the, for, for families from, you know, I'd be doing an art show or a library talk or something. And, and it's me like, Hey, I'm the daughter of Ace Katowski from the 1935 lions. And I'm like, no way. You know, in, uh, I, one of one of the great people I met was uh, her name is Norma Smith, and she's the daughter of Normie Smith, the goalie of the Red Wings, um, who who had the, who was the goalie for the longest game in NHL history, and she had she had Normie Smith's entire scrapbook collection. He kept a scrapbook of every single article from the Detroit Red Wings for like three years. Wow, when was and I spent it? like eight hours? Spent like eight spent like eight hours in her house, like um, scanning every single scrap out of her scrapbooks. It was, wow. it was, it was awesome, but I've met a lot of people, but I don't think I've met Jojo yet. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Now, do you think there's any stories you might know that the, the, the family doesn't? Ooh. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, everybody's got their different sort of areas of expertise, you know I mean? I'm sure that I, I'm looking forward to learning. I always look forward to learning more stuff. So, um, you know, like, by, you know, by no means do I know everything I, you know, everybody's got their own little, their angle on different stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I just didn't know if you're like, yeah, I got this tidbit I, that, uh, you know, no one knows, you know, but yeah, I mean, I've got, I mean, probably, I mean, I've probably got a few things, you know, it's, uh, you know, I've, I've maybe come across a few things and if I have, I'll look forward to, you know, sharing it. So, so one of the things I wanted to talk about, and you can see that up in uh, the people that have joined us live on Facebook. We appreciate that. You got to go to JoeLewisBourbon.com and follow Joe Lewis Bourbon on Facebook and then the Man Cave Happy Hour. Uh, Detroit City of Champions has a Facebook presence as well. Uh, so follow us on the socials. But if you're watching on Facebook, you can see Michael's photo and he's got the, uh, the, the, the fist there, uh, the Joe Lewis fist. Uh, which is right there on Jefferson Avenue uh, at the base yeah. of, of Woodward, right outside of... Uh, 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 <laughs> why do I want to say Heinz? So it's like right, right by one, it's by one Woodward. Heinz Park. Uh, why the, the hell here. am I saying Heinz Park? Heinz Park. <laughs> Hazel Park. Oh, my God. I just turned horses. into a dittering yeah. old man. Holy crap. <laughs> Holy That's smokes. Uh, but right downtown. Oh, and Jeff is joining us. Yeah. So, but I wanted to talk about the tributes to uh, Joe Lewis in and around the, the city, Charles, uh, and what you know about. And then the, the big thing is, and the impact, I'm curious the impact on Joe Joe and, the, and his family, uh, Joe Lewis Arena. Right. I mean, you're going to the Joe is Joe Lewis. And, and it, it was, it was, it's part of the, it's been part of the culture uh, and, and just part of the vernacular uh, for for a while. I mean, since you know the Olympia was gone, uh, and and then it was Joe Louis Arena. Uh, what impact does that have on Joe Louis's legacy now that Joe Louis Arena uh, is is just a, a fond memory? Um, what do you what do you think about that, Charles? How do you think that'll impact uh, Joe Louis's uh, uh, memory? The losing of Joe Louis Arena. Well, I mean, the the thing about it is is uh 
you know, the longer we get from the longer we get from, you know, from the from the subject of a of history, um, the more different, you know, the more, you know, especially the more things that are, I guess you could say that, you know, the less that their name is spoken, um, you know, it reduces the ability for people to remember, I guess. I think that's I think that's I mean, really, that's the what. You know, with this, you know, the, you know, there'll be always be a Joe Lewis arena, like in memory. You know, I mean, it's that's something that's pretty much. I mean, people Olympia Stadium has been gone for a while, and people remember Olympia. You know, Olympia. So it's you know, it's it's one of those things that the, the name's going to get mentioned every once in a while. Yeah, I think um, folks still have like the original chairs from the uh, from Olympia. You know, they yeah. still tote those around. You know, so I would hate I would, uh, you know, with Joe Lewis Arena not being there. I've been there a handful of times and. You know, you walk around, it's just there's so much history in what that was in that building back, you know, when the Wings made their run with uh, back in the 90s. Right. And then again, in the early in the 2000s, but even further back, you know, when they were in a rebuild and that the, just just how many people were there just to support um, the local sports fan. But no going there to see the history of the arena itself and just the that that's what I'm going to miss is, you know, I I've been to the new arena, but you know, something just holds something near and dear in my heart when it comes to the Joe Lewis arena. Sure. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, the yeah. Joe Lewis Greenway, yeah. right. That's something that's happening as I understand it. They're supposed to be. Oh yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So what's, what's, what do you know about that? Cause that's not, I'm, I'm not in Detroit. I'm in Atlanta. And I will tell you that the, the equivalent of it here, which is called the Atlanta Beltline has done more for economic development by connecting people in neighborhoods um, than anything. And, uh, and I think that, you know, as I understand it, you know, it's uh, certainly it's a place for people to enjoy outdoors and biking and walking, but it really, I don't think what um, maybe not everyone is focused on is how much that can become a catalyst for development restaurants, mm. housing. Sure. All along. I'm not, a, yeah, I, I, I don't know too much about, yeah. I yeah, what? I'm not very well versed in in where it's going to be or or what it's going to be. I know of the DeQuinder cut and there's like it there's a biking trail along it. It used to be some uh, rail lines that they used for just moving um, you know, product is, you know, part of the, part of the manufacturing of, of early Detroit. Now those little rail lines were just kind of sitting dormant forever and that they never really went anywhere. They were just taking stuff from one factory to another. And so they turned it into this, the DeQuinder cut, which is now just, uh, you know, covered with murals and art and, 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 you know, sitting places and gardens. And it's, it's, it's this gorgeous, uh, part of this downtown and the resurgence of downtown Detroit is a, it's just a, a a massive monster, and it you know people you, you people are like, oh Detroit's making a comeback. I'm like, oh well, let me drop you off in a neighborhood, see if you make it home. Uh, there's some places that uh, still <laughs> there's, there's are, work to be done. There's still a little challenging. Yeah, I mean, I, and I grew up in the city. I mean, I I, I you know seven in Van Dyke. Uh, I grew up in the city proper. Uh, we were I was there till ninety three, um, you know. So we were we were there for quite a while, and uh, ninety three. That's a long time ago now, but uh, I lived there for quite some time. So um, I love the city. I'm, an, I'm a huge supporter of the city, but people are, are all excited about the the comeback. I'm like, well. Ah, you know, I, I drive by my old neighborhood, and there's it, it's a it's a heartbreak, uh, and and I want to see I want to see all the neighborhoods come back, and 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 I want to see more of the good stuff happening in Detroit happen to a lot of the other places uh, in Detroit. Uh, and I think the, the, if you, if you, uh, the from, a, from an economic standpoint, 
uh, a lot of a lot of little pop-ups happen there with restaurants and, and things of that nature. So it's really it's really advantageous. I mean, a lot of them a lot of them tend to be temporary and it's cyclical. But these little pop-ups they they show up the restaurants, little bars or cocktail scenes, and that's kind of their start to sometimes moving into a permanent residence within the city. They kind of make a name for themselves, and it's it's really a great way to get noticed. Uh, for a restaurant, bar, cocktail bar, whatever the case may be, and that's where they start, and it really builds there from there. Either they they know they're either they're going to make it or they're not. And a lot of times, you see a lot of these com- a lot of these restaurants, they'll make it, and then they'll move to a, a, a permanent residence. So this is this is a great opportunity, um, and it, it it draws families into. And that's you know, Jamie. Um, Jamie, we were did we do it? Did we do a proper tee up for Jeff? No, we didn't. My, Michael, can you? Everyone can you... knows who he is. Yes, yeah. we, we so, met Jeff uh, last week. Yes, uh, yes, he, yeah. So, so you know, but he came in a little bit late to the party, which is great. You know, and welcome back, Jeff. Really appreciate it. Um, you know, Jeff, tell you know, tell us your story. You know, what what is uh, your correlation with Joe Louis Bourbon with with Michael and and the family there? You know, what what is that that you're doing? He's the most important home? man in the room right now. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> uh, so what I do is I work. I actually work for Southern Glaciers Wine Spirits. Uh, mm-hmm. We are the broker that uh, actively sells Joe Louis Bourbon. So uh, between myself. And then the, the person I report to is our general manager, uh, vice mm. president of our, our sales division for Southern gotcha. Glaciers Wine and Spirits. We actively create the strategy uh, along with JJ and Peter and, and Michael. We, we put together we put together some strategy, what we're going to do, route to market, feed on the streets kind of thing. Um, uh, and we, we, we put together the plan to make Joe Lewis successful in, in Michigan. And it's been collaborative. It's been great communication. And we've, I think we've had a really, really nice start so far. So well, you guys, have, you know, first of all, the brand, uh, well, I know no one's launched a brand in the middle of a global pandemic <laughs> uh, in the market. And one of the market that unfortunately is, is suffering the most. Uh, <clears throat> but what was the last thing I saw as of last Friday, Jeff, and maybe you have updated info, um, we were in, you. You guys have gotten it into 176 stores. 178 accounts, new accounts. Uh, so, so oh. we started the beginning of April last last couple of days of March, and within that time frame, we're in 178 accounts. We've sold, I think, as of last Saturday or last Friday, it was like 52 cases or 48 cases or something like that. My goodness. Uh, you know, uh, for the for all things considered. It has been, I would say, successful, um, and I think I think there's a launching pad to go from this too, and just the the activation that that is in place to to happen whenever we can make it happen. I think that uh, while we've been successful, I think that that the the shoot for the moon uh, thought process is not out of the realm of possibility, and I think we can sure. get there. Well, you know what, people, um, we've talked about this in some earlier episodes, and I, I hate to keep beating the same drum, but I think, you know, what Jeff alluded to is that this um, launch was really based around the timing of the Michigan State Golden Gloves Tournament, which was supposed to have been last, uh, this past weekend, Mm -hmm. and got canceled. And um, so, you know, uh, it was really about a place where this, the bourbon was going to be, you know, available for the first Mm -hmm. time, um, you know, in, in, in Grand Rapids. 
uh, and also in uh, Detroit at the Metro Detroit Golden Globes. And then from there, it would it would expand. But we had to jump right into, you know, social, digital, um, uh, you know, generating awareness uh, directly. And, uh, you know, as Jeff alluded to, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I don't think I, I, don't, I don't know of another brand in history that's had to do it this way. But I think it, quite frankly, will be the way a lot of brands do it moving yeah, forward. Look, Michael, that's a really great point because, you know, I, I'm, I'm a brand manager, not just for Joe Louis Bourbon. I'm a brand manager for, for multiple brands. One of the things that I can tell you is that, you know, Joe Louis Bourbon works really hard to create it, to create almost a lifestyle type brand, lifestyle type atmosphere and, and, and really drive the brand based on, not based on the liquid itself, but also just based on, based on what's going on around it. And I can tell you, and I won't reference any, any specific brand names, but there are massive power brands out there in the world that I work in that can't figure this out. <laughs> they can't figure out how to resonate with, with the customer from an experiential standpoint. Joe Lewis came in and knocked it out of the park. It's unbelievable. What are the things that some of your clients, what, what are they looking for when, when they are looking to partner with Joe Lewis Bourbon and work with you? What are some of the things that you do extra uh, to take care of the client? So for us, being in Michigan the way we are, we're, we're really we're really kind of controlled in what we can and can't do from a legality sure. standpoint. Okay. However, um, one of the things that we do, again, one of the things that, that we do that works for us is creating that experiential atmosphere opportunity for the buyer. A lot of that comes in the form of, you know, being at events, sponsoring events, participating in events. Like, I mean, it's as simple as golf outings. It's as simple as it can be as big as major events. Like the golden gloves event is a major event for the brand and with exclusivity at the brand with the brand at the event, man, that, that drives exposure more than anything else there. Maybe even more than the golden gloves event itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is, that is a huge deal. But at the same time, when Joe Lewis, when we, when I go to, when I go to Michael or Peter or JJ and I said, Hey, we need to participate in this golf outing because the right people are going to be there and they're going to talk about this and they're going to take it to their friends. Right. That's the way it works in Michigan. And that's the way you get a brand started. All it takes is one person in one store yeah. to get a brand off the ground. It's really funny. I mean, it's the truth though, because you can go to a store and this, this store will, will buy three bottles. Two weeks later, they're buying three more bottles. And then all of a sudden you're off and running and right, you have right. five, 10 stores that do that. And you have a brand, <laughs> you, you know, well, Jamie you know, and I, we, it's, it's also, it's people power because um, today as uh, in the past two hours that I've been sitting here, I've gotten four new um, people are, are posting. Here's Joe uh, pictures and tagging locations uh, and 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 actively helping to let everybody know where they found the product, and so that's really, you know, uh, it's it's that's the point of this podcast. Really, is about there's such an affinity for Joe Lewis in Detroit, and that and it doesn't hurt that the product is good, uh, but you know you've got to you've got to get people mobilized around it, and and they are, and and it's really kind of exciting to see the level of passion and excitement that people are when they, I found it, I found it. I got my first bottle. Right. Right. 
I love I love seeing that excitement. I've seen uh, the uh, obligatory crotch shots uh, where people uh, take a, a picture of their their find uh, as they get back into their car. Hopefully not cracking <laughs> it till they get home. But uh, I, I've seen a couple Joe ones come across, and I'm like, hey, all right, one for the home team. I, I like it. But Michael, we mentioned we mentioned about the the Golden Gloves, and uh, I can't wait for that event to to happen. Uh, if it's postponed for the year or just postponed later, yeah, the boxes are. I can't wait for it either. Really looking forward to that actually happening uh and again just to re- review that joe lewis bourbon every there's a dollar from every bottle that goes to amateur boxing and then some goes to the golden gloves what's what's the uh, breakdown well, on a, that again? a dollar a dollar for every bottle a dollar from every bottle sold is uh contributed to usa boxing mm. which is the overall governing authority over um all amateur boxing including the olympics team usa they then take that money and 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 and, you know invested in athletes invested in programs for for youth athletes and in addition to that joe lewis distilling the parent company um is actively in you know um investing in golden gloves uh regional um uh, tournaments in the form of sponsorships uh and providing athletes uh some mentoring opportunities Mm -hmm. And so uh, the local uh, chapters receive, you know, some some benefit from that as well. And that's really been, you know, a, a really defining part of this brand development right. is that, you know, there's so much to it. There's an incredibly rich historic story that needs to be told just for new generation to understand who this man was. The second piece of it was, product beyond the brand what's in the bottle really is a good product uh, and it needs to represent something of integrity and and all that and then there's the commitment to the give back the cause uh, and the things we're talking about as well as then the sports marketing which is the idea that introducing this first to um, people in the boxing community almost in respect as a sign of respect for joe lewis meant and did for um, boxing, if not all America. So it's really kind of, um, it's been a heady experience, uh, yeah. in many ways. And, and it's just gratifying to see it, uh, from what know, I understand, Joe Lewis and Charles, this is where you're going to come in. Hopefully maybe you got some knowledge on this one. From what I understand that Joe Lewis won something called the silver or a, a silver level or the silver award. Um, and, and, you guys getting involved with uh, the Golden Gloves, um, that level or that award was gone for a while, and they brought it back um, with you guys uh, and, and naming it for for Joe Lewis. Charles, what did because uh, Joe Lewis fought in the in the Golden Gloves, right? And back in in thirty three, thirty four, something like that. Do you have a beat on that? Do you have a beat on yeah. on that part of Joe's history? Yeah, I mean the gold gloves is really how how he made his. Uh, I mean that's how you know that's uh, how a lot of amateurs start. If you know, if not most, um, they uh, like. I forget. I forgot if it was off the top of my head if it was 1934 or or in 1933. But he, the the big thing was he won the Detroit Gold Gloves, which was huge, and then uh, and then he went to Chicago for the and then one the big one was the Chicago Gold Gloves, and he won that, and that's what really started to you know propel him you know that's what like started really landing him um you know, the, the uh the you know the man the, the trainers and everything they start giving him you know putting money into him because they say that when he first started he was that he was training on a diet of hot dogs and ice cream and then after, and then once he started getting 
And once he started getting, you know, real professional, you know, you know, backers, financiers. That's when they were like, "No more ice cream and hot dogs." It's, <laughs> you know, it's steak. Damn and, it. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that's the big. You know, that's the big thing. Is it's a huge difference. And you know, and and originally, you know, he came up to Brewster Recreation, and so he was, uh, you know, so he's training in a room with like two hundred other boxers. Um, you know, what I mean, where it's like he's just trying to, you know, try to, you know get his hands on a bag to work out in. But then once, you know, it's just such a, a land, it's such a huge difference to be able to have like your own gym and your own like trainers that have been doing it for forever. Um, you know, so it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's the whole, that like the neck, that, that's what really, you know, that's what, that's what catapulted him from, you know, the amateurism to the professional. And, you know, of course, when you go pro is when everything starts to, you know, we actually start to make money and all that. So, um, by the way, Jojo has called me and texted me that he's trying to log in right now. So I don't. Okay, cool. Any moment he will arrive, hopefully. <laughs> That'd be cool. Otherwise, I will call him on the phone and I'll hold up, which we've done before. <laughs> we have, we have, well, I remember doing it. <laughs> so the, the, the Golden yes. Gloves really, it, it, it's quite, was quite the turning point for him. That's, that's really neat that the, 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 there's a support for it. And they bring it back. Michael, do you know which award I'm talking about that you guys helped, uh, that Joe Lewis helped bring, Bourbon helped bring back? Because Peter, Peter was talking about that. You, are you listening. talking about the, are you talking about the one I was talking about the other day, the silver medal? Yeah. For the Bourbon? Or, uh, not for the bourbon oh. in the in the boxing uh, no, no, in no. the Golden Glove competition itself. Peter Peter had this story. I don't remember. And, uh, that he is. was telling me about it. Yeah, um, I don't. I I, I I do recall it, but it's not uh, it's not top of my mind. Sure, sure. Um, I do. We, we know about the congr- You know, the Medal of Freedom, right? Which is the bronze sure. medal that he was awarded posthumously, um, which was the original, which I have right here because I have one of the. Uh, uh, the, this is what the original hang tag was. Mm-hmm. And there's about, um, there's about, I don't know, 60 cases. So maybe 300 and something bottles around Michigan that have this, uh-huh. but all the, everything else has a new one, which is a square that has the champ is back. Um, but that medal was awarded in 1981. Ah. Posthumous. Posthumously. Uh-huh. I can't say that too much bourbon. <laughs> Well, I, I do have a quick that. story. I do have a, a quick story about something Joe kind of did lead to, which yeah. is, I think, an interesting thing that like never gets talked about. Like never, like like this is like it's crazy how it kind of comes up in this regard because I don't think I've ever even really talked about it anywhere else. But um, you know, the Joe Joe Lewis had such an impact at that time that like everybody, every kid wanted to become a boxer. Like it didn't even matter the colors, get black, white. It didn't matter. Boxing was the biggest thing, especially in Detroit. Like amateur boxing was everywhere. There was a, a writer that made a comment that like you walk down the street of Detroit, and it was like you get kind of nervous because you see all these kids like practicing boxing with each other. You know, they're all you know play boxing everywhere. And so one of the so the one of the big newspapers in, in Detroit at the time, in addition to the to the free, well, the big newspaper in addition to the Detroit News uh, in the Detroit Free Press was the Detroit Times, which um, is just it's I mean it's my favorite newspaper of all time. And what and one of the things that they did was they were always um, uh, create. They were rather than just like cover the event, they would actually create their own events so that they would have the only exclusive in town to cover it. And so one of the one of the things that they ended up creating was an amateur boxing tournament in Detroit called the Diamond Belt Buckle Tournament. 
And so mm-hmm. like, and so it was like every age category, like every age, I forgot how young it started, but there was a whole, like all these different age groups. And then there was, um, and then there was like, you know, heavyweight, flyweight and all that going all the way down. So it was sort of, it was created as like a, as a wider, like, um, amateur thing that was it wasn't as like serious as the as the gold gloves you know the gold gloves were you know the, the, the signature event but the but the diamond belt buckle it was just it, i just love the idea it's like almost like a pre- precursor to the wwe you know you get like can you imagine winning you know winning that tournament and you know no matter what age you are but you got a da- diamond belt buckle that says detroit times <laughs> you know champion and you get to walk into school wearing the diamond belt buckle you know <laughs> Like I just thought it was a really cool thing, and it, you know that all that, that's that's a mark of cool. Yeah, that's cool. That's what I mean. I, I, I man, I would give anything. I would, I would love. I don't, I've never seen one in person. I've always seen like newspaper photos of it. So if anybody like listening to this, or if anybody knows anybody that's got a Detroit Times diamond belt buckle, you know, from like their grandfather or something, I would love to see one in person. So, so that's that's so, why uh, we got Charles around, man. He's got these stories. He knows crap that nobody knows about. I just love. I love. <laughs> I don't know where you find information on that. Otherwere, you know, it's like <laughs> that was straight out of the newspapers. Yeah. So a question for a question for everybody. Um, what are some of the things? What is the most surprising or inspirational um, piece of history that you learned about? Joe Lewis himself while you're doing getting ready to put to launch the bourbon or partnering with Joe Lewis bourbon or learning about the history. What are some of the most surprising or inspirational stories that you learn about uh, Joe Lewis himself? There's too many. Um, Well, first of all, there's the, there's the, the story that, you know, he, there's, there's a sad chapter of the story, which is the, you know, the tax bill and the, the money that the U.S. You know, Treasury went after him for. It was, um, he was very generous, and he, he gave away a lot of money um, to charity, to people, to help people. And to the point where, you know, he may not have ha- had the record-keeping uh, as, as tight as, uh, you know, the accountants would like it. Um, and that dogged him until the end of his days. Um, and so, you know, but yet he persevered, right? Yet he did whatever he had to do, uh, which included, you know, obviously some decisions like the Rocky Marciano fight, which was ended up being a career, you know, embarrassment, um, you know, to the fact that he sucked it up and he lived in Caesar's palace for over a decade. Uh, and, um, Oh, speaking of crappy grandpa, what's that? Uh, I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm talking about your. I'm talking about your. This is here's JoJo. I'm talking about your dad. I'm talking about your dad. Oh God, it's about time you got here. We're, we're tired of filling time. No, anyway, but I'm just. We were just sharing stories and and just the. Well, you can really speak to this because you lived there. You lived in Caesar's Palace. Yeah. Right. You had the run of the place too, didn't you? I did. <laughs> I did. I did. The last, uh, uh, well, he just left actually. Gary Selznick, the president. Um, the last time I was there, he said I was there, Eloise. So. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, 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 yeah. it's, it's good to but have yeah, so you. It was, 
In the room with us, uh, we got Jeffrey, who's uh, in in charge of the, the and Michael. They're uh, they're they're in charge of the the, the marketing and getting the bottles into stores uh, around the nation and in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also on the line with us is uh, Charles Charles Avison. He wrote a book called Detroit City of Champions, and it's all about that 1935 year in Detroit, where just this swell of championships. Uh, and your dad was such a, a major part uh, of that catalyst, which made Detroit the sports city uh, and turned Detroit people into the Detroit f- fans and the sports fanatics uh, that they are. So I was just dying to get you and Charles uh, in, a, in a room together because uh, he's like such a great storyteller. And uh, I, I would just hearing you share stories about, you know, being in, in the casino and, and up in the rafters and things. I just I just love the stories that, that you had to share. So I, I definitely wanted you guys to uh, to meet. Hey, Charles, how are you? Hey, Joy. Nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you, too. It's a, it's a little... It, I wish I was there in person, but... Yeah, nobody's in nobody's there in person, right? And we are here in person. Yeah, no, we're all yeah, yeah, no, we in Detroit. And that's the thing we're looking forward uh, to uh, doing this in person. Once we get to to play in the reindeer games again, we are gonna uh, get together, be at the Detroit Shipping Company or uh, another location. Uh, we will get all get together uh, and raise a glass together uh, in Joe's honor. So JoJo, this is what I wanted to, to throw it, throw at you and ask you, uh, Joe Lewis arena, right? They just took down, uh, Joe Lewis arena. What was it like when you heard the news that, uh, they were going to, uh, demolish that, that building that carried your father's name? Uh, that, that's actually, um, it's a really, it's a, I, I guess I had mixed feelings. I, I had a bunch of people, um, the way I found out was a bunch of people contacted me on Facebook and they, they all had different um, ideas and opinions. Um, quite a few of them were like, you know, Mayor Dugan is trying to erase your father's <laughs> like, like all this crazy stuff. And um, the reality is it, 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 um, it was the oldest, it was the oldest arena in the league and, and it served its purpose. Um, and I, I had zero doubt that, Detroit would find a new way or another way um, to honor my father, and thus the Green Way is born. So you know, it's 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 really just kind of like the natural cycle of, of life. Um, but it was a it was an incredible honor to to have it have been built at all. And I and you know I remember when we went for the dedication. Um, how I think it was the first time I'd ever really been anywhere where we were the complete center of attention. And I really, I think at that time understood the impact that my father had, uh, had made uh, prior to that. I don't know that I really understood it. So at so, the other, I mean, it's, yeah, the other standing monument in the city, uh, one of the other standing monuments uh, in in the city, um, right downtown at the foot of Woodward, the there, Hart Plaza, uh, the fist, right, the the commonly referred to as the Joe Lewis fist. Um, so that's there. That's going to be there. I don't. I don't see that. I don't see that going away. Um, there was a how how that, how was that received? That, that actually was a. What, what, yeah, Matt. What's the background? I'm on sorry, that? Jamie. That. Well, they actually that monument is called the fist, right? And and it's and it's your dad's fist. Uh, but October sixteenth of nineteen eighty six is when they actually I'm looking at it, looking it up here. 
is when it was uh, commissioned by Sports Illustrated Magazine. It was in October of 1986. And uh, Robert Graham was the sculptor of uh, The Fist as well. So that I, I almost want to dare Duggan to try to move that fist because yeah. it will not happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really, really won't. So uh, know, the, that the is a prominent thing, fixture. <laughs> the interesting thing about the Greenway, too, and, you know, we, we talked about Michael talked about how how giving back was a big part uh, of the story and things of that nature. And, and, you know, this is almost the Greenway is almost Detroit's way of giving back to, to their people because because. For a long time, people in Detroit weren't able to, to walk around downtown, around around by the Renaissance Center and things, because there just wasn't anything around. And with the Greenway going up, it goes right along the Detroit River. And it, it I mean, it, it's multifaceted and it's, I think it's 32 miles long in totality. <laughs> um, so it, it's, it's, a, it's a long process that's going to continue to get developed, but it's really giving, you know, the citizens of Detroit and people that want to come down to Detroit as, as it's continuing to develop and grow a place for people to go, a place for people to, con- to congregate when they can. <laughs> um, and, and it's, it's kind of giving back to Detroit, which embodies everything that, that Michael was just talking about, about Joe Lewis. It's, it's really, really kind of incredible that it's come full circle that way, even though Joe Lewis arena came down, this has come right back to, to do the same thing. And it's just, it's really, it's really interesting how you take it and you can really bring it full circle and how, how this is going to, this is going to continue to evolve as, as Detroit continues to develop in a positive way. Yeah. So Jojo, do you know anything? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say that that I I totally agree with that. The other thing that's really interesting about the Greenway is it will give people um, of all different economic, economic backgrounds an opportunity to, to to stay healthy and exercise and for so long you know the people who lived for so long people migrated outside of outside of the city limits and they, anybody with any money they went where whole foods was and they they just they just got out and the people that were left had very little um to look forward to and and what did come uh, oftentimes they couldn't afford to enjoy it I think this is something that is really going to kind of even the playing field and allow people to engage in activities that I think both my parents would have um, fully supported and, and enjoyed. All right. So, Charles, you got JoJo here. Um, do you have any questions uh, for JoJo? Well, I mean, you know, I. The, the main thing I've, the, the, the thing I've always, um, you know, I've read you know, a bunch of different books on Joe Lewis, of course, you know, I know your dad and, um, you know, I just, I guess I would, it's, I, I'm just curious to know on a, on a personal level, you know, what, you know, what, what he was like. I mean, it's, I, I, I have a feeling I kind of know the answer to that, but, um, you know, this is such a you know rare opportunity to talk to somebody that knew him pretty well. I mean, knew him. So, <laughs> you know, what, what was he like? You know? It's so funny that, that you know. For me, my father was always just my father. Like I don't. I think I really had no appreciation. I I remember it was my thirteenth birthday, and my parents. Um, we were at this restaurant called Spanish Steps in Caesar's Palace, and I threw an absolute tinder tantrum because I just wanted my family, just one night, just my family, and my mother took me by the hand and she yanked me out of the restaurant and she gave me this like 
don't you know your whole entire life is is a result of these people? You'd be nice to them. And it, yeah. And, um, you know, as a kid, finding patience for that was was very difficult. As an adult, um, recognizing how much patience and love and and commitment my father had to to people, even the ones that didn't, you know, I was talking to Michael last week and I said, you know, I don't think my father ever saw a bad human being. He saw people who learned bad qualities, but at the core of who they were, they mostly operated from a place of fear. And when they were mean, it was from a place of fear. And when and so he never really responded with that. He always responded with 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 kindness. And it worked. I mean, I, I think that. You know, I'm really good friends with Pete Rose's son, and we used to do baseball shows together. And people would come up to him, and they would say, "Oh, your dad was such a great baseball player." I don't know that anyone ever told me that my father was a great fighter. First, like I, I think they just kind of assumed that I know that. They all say he was such a great human being, and for me, um, it's an it's an incredible. Um, at this point in my life, it's an incredible honor. As a young, as a young person, it was very difficult. I, I think that I struggled a lot with just like, how do I be who I am? And in fact, who is that? And the, the truth is, is that um, that's the only thing my parents ever expected of me was to be me. And so, you know, I think that you know a lot of people like to say that the, you know, oh, the government did this to your father, and the government, you know. If my father gave as much time and energy to those feelings as other people do, <laughs> I don't know that he would have ever done anything else in his life. I think he would have just kind of, you know, kind of like withered away into in, into obscurity. And the truth is, is that um, we had a very we had an incredible life growing up. We had, you know, he had his friends, he had his family, and and he had the respect of the nation that I think has continued to show over and over and over again how much they love him. So. So I don't know. It's just he was my father, and I'm yeah. I'm incredibly proud to be his son. Jojo, talk about speak to the um, the whole food and beverage piece, right? What how important that was to your dad, and because you guys are opening a restaurant, the family's we are, opening. We are we're opening a restaurant in Detroit. I was going to um, say, can we talk? Can we talk about that? How's how's the restaurant coming? <laughs> Is it, the only thing harder than launching a bourbon brand in a pandemic would probably be opening a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, listen, we've been very, we've been. I, I have to tell you something. I'm, I'm in, I'm partners in both, and I, we've been very. I've been very lucky. Um, <laughs> I, I think that you know, my both my parents, not just my father. So much of our lives, the things that we remember. I think not just my family, every family. Um, it, it is is. You have all these memories that are that are that are that are focused around these these um, events, and almost always there's some sort of you know food and drink. I can remember like you know my father stealing bacon out of the pan in the kitchen and 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 passing me one as my mother was trying to like swat us both with a with a spatula. You know those those memories for me are probably the best, and I think that's why. I really wanted to open a restaurant. That's why I really wanted to relaunch the bourbon because so much of our lives happen around food, the things we celebrate and also the things we commiserate and, and then we mourn and to be a part of that um, and to have other people be a part of our journey. You know, I am 100% sure that the, the restaurant 
and the bourbon, both, uh, result of, of an extended family that over and over again has continued to, to love my father. And without them, neither one of them were. And so I, I think to say we're doing it for anyone other than them um, would be, from where I sit, disingenuous. I mean, I, I talked to, to Michael about it a lot. I, I, I'd like to talk to Peter and JJ about it more. You know, the whole point of doing any of this has got to be for the people my father loved and who gave him, who, who really um, um, gave him a life beyond his wildest dreams. A lot of people like to think, say that he, he, you know, he, he did this and he that. He wasn't, you know, he was, you know, the government did this. The truth is, is that without Detroit, without boxing, without the opportunities that boxing gave, without a president at the time who, who, who held his hand up and felt his muscles and said, you know, we're going to need muscles like these to beat Germany. Without those things and those people, my father's life would have been, just another life um, without any opportunity. And he never complained about it. He never, he never saw the things he lost. He only saw the things he gained. And I think it's to look at it any other way is just sad. And therein lies why there is a message to young athletes and not just athletes, but the youth of today who really need to, learn about the man beyond the statistics, beyond the ring. And that's really what we all have an opportunity. We're doing it right now. Yeah, I want to just tell you one thing that, 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 that um, I don't know, that, that has always bothered me, and I've never really said this publicly. <laughs> you know, every documentary that's ever been done about my father has portrayed him as not understanding the magnitude of what he was doing, that he somehow was, you know, he was duped or when America entered the war, my father felt an obligation to go. It was not like he, it wasn't like he, he made, like somebody else made a decision for him. Um, and when he decided to fight for army relief, he, he did that knowing that he, he never, he, maybe he didn't understand that he'd have to pay taxes on the money, but he never expected to not have to pay taxes on the money. It wasn't like the decision would have been different had someone would have said, yeah, you're going to owe taxes on this money. He would have made the very same decision. And so I, I guess I just say that to say that, you know, there no one should feel sorry for Jobus, that he never felt sorry for himself. And I think that you asked me what he was like as a father. Um, he was a, he, he he gave a horrible whooping. Um, uh, <laughs> he, I mean, he was terrible at it. It's like this. He was, <laughs> he was, he was really, really he was really bad at it. My mother used to yell at him like, "That's not a spanking." Um, <laughs> but uh, but he was a he was he was definitely somebody that, as an adult, both my parents as an adult, it's really easy to understand. Um, why people why people love them so much and sometimes it's very hard to figure out a way to follow in those footsteps or or how to do the next right thing because they both seem so it, it seemed to come so easy to them um but you know you just try but i mean he'd be very proud of what we're doing and 
he'd be very thankful to all of you for even taking the time to talk about him because, you know, it's been 75 years since my father was married and people mm. are still talking about him. That's pretty amazing. Really? The, the, the boxers, you know that's what? true for our few and far between. Thanks, thanks in a lot part to you, JoJo. <laughs> yeah, I get, if I get into any more trouble, they're going to really throw me away. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I love it. So there's people checking in the uh, on the chat. The videos are rolling. Uh, Jesse Addy, he's uh, a, a country music DJ in New York City. Um, it yeah. uh, to, uh, the he was a Detroit guy, and uh, he's in New York. He chimed in on the chat room. JJ, one of the owners, is in on the chat room. He says you guys have sounded good. And uh, uh, Steve uh, wants to know where we are at. We're in Detroit. Steve's a Detroiter. Marlon Brown wants to know, is it coming to Cleveland? Is Joe Louis Bourbon coming to Cleveland, and when might it be? The answer is yes. I don't. We don't have a date. Right, right. New Hampshire but, or uh, New Ohio England. is. We're going. Yeah. So what's happening now? There, th- things have changed a bit because of the changing of the uh, of boxing. So the next market is actually going to be New Hampshire, and then immediately following that Maine, and then following that Massachusetts. So by in May, end of May, um, it'll arrive uh, in New England, uh, and then can't tell you dates, but. Uh, it will go to Florida, and then it will go to uh, Ohio um, and Illinois, um, and keep on trucking from there. Part of it is the the we don't know what the rescheduled calendar is going to look like for Golden Gloves yet. Around so we're we're kind of having to um, go places where we know where it potentially is going to be because again, big part of this is the the cause marketing and the give back and the and the sports marketing launch at the um, tournaments. But in the, in the light of lack of tournaments <laughs> where we're doing, you know, and we were supposed to be um, this month, April was supposed to be Las Vegas, mm. Caesar's palace. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know of another brand that could have pulled this one off. Oh, we didn't COVID <laughs> got in the way, but um, where this product was being brought in to Caesar's palace to be stocked at every bar and, and they wanted it at every at Caesar's own casino in Las Vegas. Uh, we were going to have the U.S. Team USA Olympic boxing team come to Caesar's Palace to do an exhibition uh, at the same time that the industry's largest um, conference, the wholesale, um, the Wine and Spirits Wholesale Association, their conference was this week, actually. I just got a calendar notification for this reminding me that I had to be on the, at the convention. It's not happening. Um, so that that's you know that that was a total change. But you know, like Joe, we get yeah. up, we shake it off. So yeah, so eventually and we go for the hopefully, hopefully, eventually you can get into the Caesar's Palace. Uh, so Jojo, oh, yeah, well, when Las Vegas opens again, yeah, yeah. So Jojo, but while you were there and while you were living there, uh, did you ever run into Caesar? No, nothing. What? <laughs> Little Caesar. Uh, yeah, Does he um, actually live here? Sorry. I see what you did there. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, the funny thing is that you asked that question. When I was a kid, they used to have Caesar and Princess Fatima walking. There was, there was like a hundred of them. Um, but I knew all of them. And I, I used to try to take their sword. And my mother used to get so frustrated with me. <laughs> well, why do you keep trying to take this, that man's sword? You're going to knock mm-hmm. off his skirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that's funny. Uh, so. All right. So online, uh, the Joe Louis Bourbon, uh, JoeLewisBourbon.com is it, it, buying it online, like somebody in Cleveland, right? It, with the, the things being delayed. Uh, w- what's the online seller most people can access? Uh, it's coming soon. Okay. Um, it, it, at this moment, it's not there. But uh, and Jeff, maybe you can answer to that a little bit because we're it, it is being placed uh, in the online store that can ship. So so in so in Michigan, um, we have a we have a, a retail account called Woods uh, Woods Fine Wine and Wholesale. Uh, it's in Gross Point. They're going to be doing. They they actually have it on their website right now. Uh, Peter actually just sent me uh, an update. I think Michael, you were probably on it too. Uh, just stating that um, it's available. It's available for sale on their website and they'll ship it out to you. But, uh, you know, just to add to what Mike was saying is one of the things that we'll probably do. And obviously nothing's for certain yet, right. but, uh, just fill this golden gloves gets up and running again. The, the, the best thing that we can do is get it in people's hands, let them try it, let them, let them experience it. And that the way that we'll do that is we'll activate, we'll go to party stores and, and, and liquor stores and stuff like that. And we'll do samplings. Uh, that's how we'll, that's how we'll get to people. And if we'll do, we're going to do what we have to do to get the brand out there. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to do a little bit of guerrilla marketing, so to speak, to, to get the job done, but we'll get there and, uh, it, it's going to work and, um, it's going to be a success and it's just going to take a little longer than we expected it to. That's all. <laughs> right on, right on, right on. So joelisberber.com well, you know, for all and, those uh, updates. We, we get- yeah, JoeLewisBourbon.com, and there's also a page on there, Joe Lewis. Uh, if you click on the homepage, it says buy, but it's JoeLewisBourbon.com slash locations. And that is being updated weekly as soon as uh, Jeff sends us the latest lists for Michigan. But then other states, as it uh, as they get turned on, they'll all be added in there. Um, uh, so that's going to be you know an ongoing resource for people to find out. And we will be adding... Um, beyond the Michigan online, we are looking at trying to get it into some other online uh, stores that can ship nationally, uh, and uh, we'll be keeping everybody abreast. There's also a web, uh, a, a, a new uh, website called liquorstores.com, which anyone can go to, and that's also going to be tied in with some delivery options. Uh, if you go to liquorstores.com now, you might notice a couple interesting things, that Joe Lewis Bourbon is the category sponsor for all bourbons. And that if anyone in all of the listings for the stores uh, in Michigan, every liquor store, um, there's a, a Joe Lewis bourbon um, connection there. So uh, and, and the stores that are going to be are carrying Joe Lewis getting are getting an enhanced profile uh, in that platform. So that's kind of cool because that's going to be the new uh, uh, if if the or if the owners of it have their way, their vision is that that's going to be the, the number one destination to find all things about liquor and where you can find it and tied in with inventory and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then, and then to add to it real quickly, just uh, something that we're doing from a company standpoint. And as you can continue, continue to roll out into other markets within Southern Glaciers uh, universe, they have an e-commerce website as well. Um, and it's still, it's still developing. I mean, it's launched, it's still developing, still an evolution of, of, of growth, but, it's going to be an opportunity for you to be able to buy right from the Southern Glaciers website at some point too. So it's, it, you know, it's, they're all great opportunities and it's all going to continue to grow. Awesome. Actually a friend of a friend, a friend of the watch party popped in and uh, 
he said, "Hey, I'll sell I'll sell Joe Louis bourbon in my in my rest my family's restaurant. So I gotta make some connections here for you guys. Hey, you gotta um, have a restaurant open first. Yeah, <laughs> when yeah. it happens, yes. But uh, bring on some more uh, some more folks into the uh, family fold. Yeah. So Excellent. thank you. Excellent, you guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for another awesome Tuesday, man. Tasting Tuesdays with Joe Louis Bourbon. I love I love this. I look forward to it. It's Monday's just a stretch, and this is this is the start of my week. So. Uh, thank you yeah. all for uh, thank for you guys hanging out, Charles. Thank thanks for being here. Love to always and Joe. Joe, stories. thank you. Well, thank you so much, thanks, Jeff. Jojo. Thank you. Yeah, Jojo, appreciate it. Looking forward Why to the restaurant. You're the host. <laughs> getting together, Jojo. Looking to, looking well, forward to getting together in your restaurant when that gets rolling, and we can be together, and we can have a, a big launch party here in Detroit for the brand. Um, it just, I just, I just like a good reason to throw a party. So, uh, looking forward to yeah, seeing yeah, you guys. You, in believe person. me, we're itching to get it done. Trust me. <laughs> all right, all right, all. Joe Lewis Southern Kitchen is what it's called. Southern Joe Lewis Southern Kitchen. All right. Well, hey, Excellent. you're gonna have to let me know more about that. We'll, we'll, we'll get our people in there to help you out. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. You'll be. You'll. I think you'll be. Uh. So the owner, my partner, is the. He was the he owned a New Center Eatery, and so, and he's got um, a Sweet Magnolias, and he's got okay, yep, eighteen restaurants, and so I, I think I've got the right partners. Um, the menu's fantastic, and we're going to use the bourbon to make uh, the most amazing bourbon pecan pie. Hey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I'm in. <laughs> I think I think we I think we're doing okay. <laughs> right on, right Rock on. on. <laughs> All right, you guys, we'll do it again next Tuesday. Thank you so much, you guys. Man next Cave, Tuesday. Mancavehappyhour.com, JoeLewisBourbon.com. Everybody, thank you for uh, hanging out.